0: You're listening to DraftKings Network. Before Shopify, were you wondering where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform, supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the ching.
1: <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof.
0: Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.
1: This is the Dan Levator Show with the StuGats Podcast.
2: You mentioned Cam Newton, linking it to Cam Newton. What were your takeaways that were most interesting on the Cam Newton fight?
3: Okay, so Cam Newton, <laughs> one, uh, we reached the point of the plot there that uh, after somebody put their paws on us, suddenly we're on a podcast talking about it. I just know if somebody that had drug me that was six feet six tall, uh, me and um, you know, some of my friends or whatever. I don't know if I'd be doing a media tour to talk about how that happened to me. There's a lot of disappointing things. And one of the things that come out about this in the aftermath of this conversation is how black people talk about other black people when these situations arises. This is when your neighborhood friendly race lady shows up. Is
2: hold on a second. There is- hold on just a second. it's time for your friendly
1: neighborhood race lady. You're good.
3: All right. Now, because I I can't have the racial take unless I have the music. Correct. So uh, there is, uh, you see when black people, when others who are not black, try to make black people into a monolithic people, meaning that if one of us does something, it somehow reflects on the entire race. We lose it. We understandably lose our shit because that doesn't. That very rarely happens to to other races to some to some degree. It does. It does happen a little bit, but I feel like with a degree when it comes to black people, it's it's far deeper. And yet, I have heard over and over on social media people saying black people saying the same thing that we get outraged about that white people say about our community. So suddenly, this is not just a combination of ego. And um, uh, and bravado gone wrong, and tempers flaring and trash talk and all that—just a singular incident. Suddenly, this is the reason why black people can't have nothing. And I just reject that so much on on all levels. Is that you know Cam shouldn't come back to the community? That's why he shouldn't deal with us, and that's why black people can't do this. Whoa, 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 whoa! This is about some immaturity that took place on both sides. I might mention. Because, you know, people are are sort of focused so much on Cam winning the fight. And I'm not blaming him for this incident because it looked like, again, there was blame on both sides to be had. Mostly, I'm just like, you guys are in the presence of kids. And I thought the point of the exercise with this tournament was to expose them to somebody who has been as professionally successful as Cam, who can help them understand what it takes to get to the next level. And, And as coaches... In the position of leading young men, you got to know better than to do this. And so there's that part of the conversation. But I really hate how this has become the lecturing of Black people, mostly by other Black people, who are saying that we have embarrassed our entire race by this one incident. And I hate that we more than anybody else subscribe to that same thinking. It's just that automatic reflexive recoil that we have when something bad happens nationally and we find out that... The person who did it was black. And suddenly we all feel this sort of secondhand embarrassment that somebody got out there and acted a fool. And I started I started to leave that thinking away a long time ago. And so I because then you make it seem like the behavior is pathological and not just the actions of these individuals, because that's how I took it. They reflect me no more than, uh, you know, if uh, some celebrity that's black wins an award. And so we can't play that game. And so it's disappointing to find a lot of us sort of trafficking in those same stereotypes that we get outraged by when other people say it.
2: Walk me through two parts of this culturally because Shannon Sharp is blowing up now in the business and he's one of the people who said that this is wildly disrespectful and it would never happen at Peyton Manning's camp or Tom Brady's camp. But you're talking about how people talk about the incident afterward. How about beforehand when I ask you about rucker park or and one and the idea of talking trash uh, before you arrive at cam newton's camp because you think you can do something against cam newton and and where words can escalate into what it is that we saw because you're disrespecting cam newton and he's only going to abide so much disrespect at his camp
3: well exactly but at least the way they told it and i don't know you know at this point it's a, it's a It's a game of who do you believe? But the trash talking seemed to be mutual on both sides. Now, like trash talking is not a gateway to always leading to something violent happening. But again, when you put that type of trash talk and I think uh, somebody because in general, um, there is a delusional quality in a lot of men who think that they are that physically that they can, um, you know, uh, that they can. They can be sized up against a professional athlete. There's just the bravado about that anyway. And so then you get the extra bravado. Yeah, because y'all, look, if there's one thing a man will find, it's definitely delusion when it comes to how they stack up against professional athletes. You hear it all. I mean, you see it all the time. Every day.
4: Media.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when you're, see, when you're
4: the same size, a different story,
3: though. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's only men that are having these conversations about whether or not they can they can fight a bear. It's like, wh- why do y'all believe this? I don't. I don't if know you had
1: the I right trainers, it. though, Jamel. <laughs> You can do
3: it. <laughs> you're you're so delusional. Like the number, of, I think it was that survey that came out not too long ago about the number of men who think they can land a plane, a land a plane safely, I can also having never flown. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Jamel, here's the thing. Here's what you don't know. When you Tony fly, has literally when said you that. fly to Bimini, Jamel, <laughs> the the pilots are right in front of you because it's a small plane, right? So there's no cockpit, there's no covering. So if that if that pilot goes down, guess who the co-pilot is? You look around, and you
5: don't find them. It's you. That doesn't mean you're landing He's the plane.
1: Right. Yeah, Tony's making a pretty right. good
5: point. <laughs> I would land. That son of a
3: bitch <laughs> once again the delusion of men I, I, look just give me the confidence of the average man when it comes to whether or not that they think that they could measure up to a professional athlete so you have all of this hubris this ego you know it's been a part of like the as you mentioned the Rucker Park tradition in general there is something to be said for like hey people wanting to see if they belong on the same field or be in the same company as some of these athletes And this is just a situation that got out of hand, no more, no less. And as far as what Shannon said, that's what I mean to make it seem like it's pathological. And I think those I I love Shannon. Reasonable minds can differ. And I think that's dangerous thinking to put out there because it's making it seem as if only black people are inherently attracted to confrontation and disrespect. And we know that's not true.
6: I could beat Alex Morgan one on one. (laughs) (laughs) don't tell
3: me i can't challenge someone just because i'm a woman jamel i mean i'm just like i'd love to see us get that same level of of toxicity i so that's my i I encourage women we need to be more toxic in this way i need to be able to have the confidence to roll up to serena williams and say i could beat her in one set of tennis
4: (laughs) do you play tennis though
3: I feel like I would be good at it because
4: that's what y'all. So you is. haven't played yet. <laughs> All right. oh.
1: You don't start with a full set, Jamel. You say, hey, I can get a game off Serena Williams. That's oh, that's, oh yeah, yes, you're right. right okay. Yes. I gotta
3: start smaller <laughs> than that. I can get a game off <laughs> of Serena Williams. It's like the athlete y'all think y'all are in your head and in your couch versus what you actually are is truly hysterical.
2: <laughs> that was your friendly neighborhood race, lady. Uh, Jamel, always nice seeing you. Thank you for stopping through. We always appreciate it.
3: Yeah, I can't believe I did this whole thing and I didn't ask you why you're dressed in... in Sort of like a masked adult diaper, but that's okay. I uh, I, just, I just I
2: just like it. I run my own company now, and I can I can adhere to all of my personal it's a kinks. King. Yeah, personal yeah, okay. kinks. Thank you. Oh,
3: okay. I love it. No
2: <laughs> judgment. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I make my own rules in my own workplace. Uh, I wanted to uh, thank you, Jamel. Appreciate it. I wanted to get to something here, Stugatz, because I've been talking for a while, Many years and many successive weeks about Jon Stewart and what I hope for Jon Stewart and his return uh, to The Daily Show. And so far, in the first three episodes, it's exceeded all expectations in a time where it's impossible to get ratings and better than ever to be a skeptic. I don't believe any of the ratings, but everyone seems to be saying that not only— is uh, The Daily Show doing better numbers than it has done since Jon Stewart left, but also all of the other hosts are getting a ratings bump from the fact that Jon Stewart has merely done three episodes so far, and he's touched a lot of people with politics, but I'm going to play some sound for you in the next segment of him really moving Stugatz. The dog lover constituency, I think Michael Vick Wildly underestimated, the damage that can be done by outraged dog owners. And John Stewart has uh, connected with a human moment of breaking down on air because he did the show the other day, a show I will repeat and continue to tell people. Uh, Take 60, 70, 80 hours of bandwidth a week from Jon Stewart to get up there on Mondays and do what he's trying to do during an election year, which is stay relevant in political comedy, not age out of political comedy because it's a totally different time than the one he dominated. Jon Stewart, what he's doing on Mondays is important and three episodes in is also working because He's, he's drawing millions of people at a time that nobody draws millions of people to a single, you know, to a single time. We all have our own menus. Why are you shaking your head, uh, Chris Cody? This room
5: just exploded with debate on Skeptical Billy came out on how how many hours he's really putting into this. It's mm-hmm. not eighty hours a
1: week for a twenty four minute episode. Come <laughs> on, oh, what are we? It's That's crazy. Eighty to ninety These writers, I mean, maybe could be ninety.
2: What do you think? Uh, how hard? Twenty four you... minutes, not
1: eighty <laughs> hours a week. Not not
2: finger guns
0: this. in. What are we talking about today, boys? All right, let's do it.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: we agreed on like
1: thirty back here.
2: Yeah, you guys have no earthly idea how difficult it is to do these things well at the do level it five yeah, days, do, days a we week. It. that John Oliver d- and John Stewart do it. Like you just I wish th- I was in the entertainment business. You, you,
1: yeah, it'd be really hard. I wonder how it, how it works to produce a show. What do producers even
2: do? A good one.
1: A good one That's is the, the part you guys are missing. I used to. As
4: someone committed to maintaining a healthy lifestyle, another working out is simply not enough. That's why I incorporate Field of Greens into my daily routine. Field of Greens is a powerhouse blend of organic superfoods carefully curated to provide a comprehensive spectrum of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants essential for optimal health. I add one scoop of strawberry lemonade mixed to my drink. I shake it up. I take it on the go with me on the train, in the car. If I go to the gym, if I go work out, I've got my Field of Greens with me. And Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable were medically chosen to support health for your heart and your vital organs. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. This is nutrition the way nature intended. I promise you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you a hundred percent money back guarantee. A hundred percent. Get fifteen percent off your order plus free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use code DLS. That's promo code DLS at fieldofgreens.com. Field of greens.com.
7: Don Lebatard. Yes, you can't talk about uh, double digit national titles when every single call of you winning the national title sounds like this. Oh, there's there's <laughs> Chubby Checker running down <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he the sideline. If the audio. Yeah, That's no, not like, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a World War II veteran pitching into another white guy and he avoids another white guy. Oh, my God. Not a name. The fighting Irish have done it again for the eighth time. Only playing white people. Stugatz. Chubby Checker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, <sorry. laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. He's, <laughs> He's black. He's black, and I was like really going. It was a white named Chubby Checker. I think are black. I'm sorry, man. It's, I'm improv in here. It a pretty cool riff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Checker running down the side. He by. spells it differently. All right, his name is Chubby. Maybe you didn't hear me correctly. His name is Chubby Checkers. There's an S at the end. <laughs> I feel like that should be the largest of five. Yeah, like, yeah. Chubby. <laughs> yeah. Chubby Checker. It sounds like a college football name. This is the Dan Levatar Show with the Stu
5: <laughs> ah, that's right. It is time for uh, a okay. yes, yes. Against the spread is sponsored by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Let's start with my man Tony. Thank you, Chris. We are going to the association tonight. Battle for L.A. Dano,
4: Lakers versus the Clippers. Clippers at home on this one. The boats, yeah. The Yankee Clippers, uh, minus three and a half for the Clippers. I'm going to take the Clippers to cover
5: against the oh, spread. spread. Against the spread.
0: Chair bear. I'm going to college basketball, um, and there's a Blue Blood program playing tonight at Oklahoma UCF. City. UCF. plus two men's basketball. Again. The, Spray. the
5: Spray.
6: Letdown game for the Cavs tonight against my Chicago Bulls. Bulls plus five. Against the, the spread.
5: Billy's
1: Cavs. Over to you, Billy. All right, I'm headed back to college basketball where Army West Point is a plus 4 against American. I'm going to take Army West Point plus 4. TYFYS.
0: August I got to spread.
1: I'm going back to the association. Ooh. How about that? No one believes in the Cavaliers. I believe in the Cavaliers. I'm going head to head with you, Jess. I am taking Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs, minus five at Chicago. Against Against the Spread. Bring us home, Dano.
2: I will take the Timberwolves, minus 12 and a half at home against the
1: Against the Spread. Against the Spread.
2: Against Against the
0: Memphis Grizzlies.
2: Minus 12, actually. About the half point. Against the Grizzlies. I made it even more difficult. Against the Spread. (laughs) That's how little I believe in the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, I want to play this sound even though it's sad sound. And uh, already, I'm leaving. Jessica has alerted me that she's I love sad the room. dog stories. You do? <laughs> yep. No one does. Who loves sad? The room dog wanted stories. to leave. I'm sad. So was talking about driving
5: with his dead dog in his lap. You enjoyed that. You know, this role in this chair is give the show what it needs. <laughs> I'm into this story. Can't wait for it. Team player, Chris.
2: So what I was saying earlier, John Stewart is trying to cross the political divide, and that one's going to be really hard because we're super divided. He is very good at self-deprecating humor. But I think, Stugat, this connects—maybe it just connects with human beings who are pet owners of any kind. Maybe. It's something <laughs> something that is mocked by people who don't care about animals. I don't believe we've done a lot more offensive around here recently than the way you guys broke the news of that owl dying yesterday to Ron McGill and then gracelessly handled the aftermath of that afterward. Flacco. Yeah. What uh, owl? Yeah, you guys were mean. Elite. It's an owl? Cruel. Uh, but let's listen to this sound of John Stewart connecting in a place where pet owners are gonna understand. Uh, they
8: brought out this one-ish year old Brindle Pitbull, uh, who uh, <laughs> did, hit my hit car in Brooklyn and lost his right leg. I thought I'd get further. <laughs> Um, so it was a perfect idea they put the dog in my lap and uh, we left that day feeling really good that we'd helped this great organization and we also left with this this one-ish year old of Pitbull. we called him Tipper and uh in a world of good boys, he was the best. Um, he used to come to Daily Show every day, and he was part of the OG Daily Show dog crew. <laughs> Parker, Quali, Dipper, Riot—they were they were the OGs in the office, um, and they were. Dipper would wait, and we'd come and take the show, and Dipper would wait for me uh, to be done. And uh, he met actors and authors and. Presidents and kings, and he did, he did what the Taliban could not do, which is put a scare into Malala Yousafzai.
7: Oh, dear! Malala! <laughs> <talk.
4: laughs>
8: <laughs> Dipper passed away yesterday. He was ready. He was tired, but I wasn't. And the family, we were all together. Thank goodness, we were all with him. But boy, my wish for you is one day you find that dog, that one dog, it just is the best. Here's your moment. Uh-huh. Who's got your ball? Where's your ball? Get your ball.
2: The skeptics lane is open to both Billy and Chris on that didn't take (laughs) 80 hours to produce. That's
1: the joke we were going to go with. Yeah. (laughs) 14 that time. That was like a 14. 14, Yeah. And then you cut out the 24 minute episode, four minutes about your dog. It's the long pauses. I mean, you're really doing a 19 minute show last week. Have you ever cried over someone else's dog? (laughs) It was his dog. It was his dog. he's
2: He's asking if someone else is feeling that pain, do you ever cry with them because you feel their pain or feel or get the reminder of what your pain was when you lost your dog. I used to mock
1: people who got so upset after losing their dog until I got a dog and became a dog owner.
5: Yeah, but I have the healthy relationship for it. I cried when my dog died, but I just know no one else is going to feel that way. I felt
1: bad for Scott Van Pelt, who did his one big thing on SportsCenter about his dog who had just died. Like, I cried with him. I did. I sent him a text. You're right. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you sent him a text saying, can you come on the show to talk about your dog dying? Yeah.
7: (laughs) Said, no. uh, you
1: saw a You
7: just, just you felt, you felt something. That was a feeling. You saw a lady. You saw a lady. You, you took to advantage of the dog's death. You saw an angle to get Sheep something the you off. wanted. Your <laughs> grief was parlayed into fraudulent stuff that you just wanted to achieve for yourself as always. Surprisingly, it worked.
1: Very talkative chicken over there. It
2: always works.
4: I got
1: lost on whose dog it was. Yeah, was like in the beginning, it was like a
4: dog. But then I, was it somebody else's dog? And I, I didn't. I didn't what? Get
1: it it oh. is sad when dogs die. We can agree on that, I think. Right? Agreed. But Tony and Chris thought it was someone else's dog. And they thought the dog died when it got hit by a car. So they are very confused. Right. But the, the tears story.
5: started then. He's like, got hit by a car. I saw tears. I'm like, all right, that's he he lost it his leg. But, but the same one that lost
1: leg And then his at the end died. of the story, it was like, he died today. Ooh, it was like, unless what? it was a ghost dog, Tony. Mm. I saw a lot of dogs in New York with three legs, though. What? That's
5: no, not I, true. I swear a I saw. A lot? No, I'd say three at least. Because Pe- there's so many people walking their dogs. It's a common occurrence. It's amazing.
6: Yeah. I saw how, one yesterday in Miami. It's
5: amazing how their ability to just. That, like That's the three, dog's three, normal. I saw guys, zillion. I actually saw an owner. The dog was sniffing something. I saw an owner give the dog like one of those like yanks. It's like, I wouldn't do that to a three-legged dog. But obviously the dog was fine with it. It was just like a normal dog. Like the dog was like, all right, got
2: to go. But. Put it on the poll, Juju, at Lebatar In New York, so, a lot. Are you surprised that no one's reported on the proliferation of three-legged dogs <laughs> outbreaking all over New York?
7: I'm going
5: to see where the biggest population
7: is. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. As Metal Arc Media continues to grow as a content studio, And as a multimedia company, we strive to hire only the best and the most qualified candidates. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, they've made it easy for us to find them. LinkedIn isn't just another job board, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours post your job for free at linkedin.com slash prep that's linkedin.com slash prep to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
1: don libertard i feel like we need to normalize saying these scientific terms for organs on the air a like penis. if someone yes you know what if someone takes a foul ball to the penis we should just say he took a foul ball to the penis. Say it, uh-huh. Stugats. That free kick hit him right in the cock-a-doodle-doo. This is the Dan Levatar show with the Stugats.
2: Jeremy has for us a list of other foreigners who are not in the Hall of Fame, which allows us to play the Paul McCartney sound, the weird Paul McCartney sound again. And we'll get to that in a second. We will also get to Chris Cody has now gotten the official vote on what on what is a legitimately good question by Tony that Billy sabotaged uh, and has, it's lit the sabermetrics community on fire. I do believe that uh, the answer is going to be fairly obvious that you don't want, a, a two fifty hitter who hits a single uh, and only a single in every game for eight hundred straight. Eight hundred and
4: ten game hitting streak means nothing anymore. Okay, <laughs> he's uh, right.
5: I just want to get that on record. It doesn't mean anything. Gotcha. Okay. It is what they would be saying if they voted no.
7: Yeah.
2: I uh, I also wanted to ask you guys if you're surprised in any way that Todd Gurley, who has not played in, I believe, three or four years, and I know we understand that the running back is largely disposable unless he's Derrick Henry, but that Todd Gurley is younger than Derrick Henry. He's been out of the league for three years. Damn. <laughs> uh, and uh, Derrick Henry is going to get another contract. At 30, that Super Bowl, quiet as it's kept, like people say, oh, Belichick won that one for Brady when Brady scored 13 points and they were able to beat the Rams. That happened because Todd Gurley wasn't able to play as a not injured player in that game. The Rams offense was totally different without Todd Gurley, but we used up his body, forgot about him. He's been out of the league for three years and he's only 29 years old. Derrick Henry's going to get another free agent contract. I thought for sure the SEC, just the workload in the SEC would make Derrick Henry wear down at some point. But Derrick Henry was still more of a more masculine, stronger than anybody in the league last year. He's
4: just like LeBron of running backs, right? Like every single season you expect, hey, like this is another year, LeBron's older, maybe some health issues, maybe an injury. And it just doesn't happen. And he just continues well, to get better but, and better. but I'm gonna and better.
2: say he's only 30. It's going to happen very soon. It's it has to happen very soon.
0: To your point, Dan, maybe he'd still be in the league if his name was Todd Manley.
5: You said masculine. Chris said that he knew it. <laughs> going and i still couldn't find the sound
2: <laughs> did you? you 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 know that he is there for you every
5: time he has the greg cody thing where i can kind of tell when he's setting up a terrible I'm winding joke. up
2: he is the one who's more comfortable than everyone other than greg cody about just throwing a turd out there like he's some more yeah that's right <laughs> and i've thrown some turd at you <laughs> i know when has greg thrown a turd all of you are great at throwing turds son of a it's your greatest it's your greatest skill <laughs>
5: Is that Paul McCartney? What's he doing here? That
2: is Paul McCartney. (laughs) Uh, If you want to get that video, and we've got to get to this vote quickly, but before I do either of those things, I just want to throw to Billy uh, that Sean McDermott has said that it is not a matter of if, but rather when the Bills win the Super Bowl. He said... I think the
1: question is if he will be there when it happens.
2: Well, this is the quote, yes, the joke I was going to make because the quote that he had was if, it's a matter of if, not when, we win the Super Bowl. And my question was going to be, what do you mean by we? (laughs) (laughs) Who's Who's we? Who's who's the we in that circumstance? Because you've you've got one more year. You've got one more year to win a Super Bowl, I'm assuming, even though he's done a great deal of winning, right? He's done... He, he's, well, he's got to have. Bill. It makes
6: me uncomfortable that everyone in here is laughing at this, so I'm going to be the one to sit this out in case we have to play this in the parade of gas bags. Come a year.
1: It's from a now. safe place to laugh yeah. because you'll be drowned out by the other laughs, so you're
2: good. Okay. don't worry. I
6: mean, it is pretty funny.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I could say right now that while McDermott has been coaching, he's got the best winning percentage in the league. Not Andy Reid classification. I don't know if Sirianni might have an objection to that or not, but I gotta think that McDermott's career record is going to be by winning percentage since
1: he's been coaching. What, like the coach as, stops at as the, the Bills in so that say I, the Chiefs probably have higher winning. I, percentages. I said
2: non Andy Reid okay, division. Cool. Yes. He has
0: a six uh, six forty win percentage, so sixty four win percentage. He's seventy three and forty one as the head coach of the Bills. Their worst year in. 2018 was 6 and
5: 10. All right, just look up every other coach's winning percentage. Yeah, yeah you got it. I'm Matt, on. In it. The Matt
6: LaFleur is probably pretty high.
2: Sirianni 667. LaFleur uh, is going to do a lot of winning too, but McDermott has done plenty of winning and is yet viewed as a, an underachiever because he hasn't, uh, you know, he's been 13 seconds slow in one place and uh, lost by a play here. They and haven't
6: there. won the AFC yet.
2: That's right.
5: I'm being told in my ear that Mike
2: Tomlin is just below McDermott.
6: Oh, uh, larger.
2: Yeah. Sample size. Sample size. But that's a lot of winning, and we don't think of him as a winner. The Bills— uh, it's not enough winning. Yeah. It's the wrong winning.
6: You got to win in the right places. Exactly.
1: Do it in the playoffs. Do it against yeah. the Chiefs. Exactly. Exactly. That's where we feel yeah. like the problem is. Like They're really good, and then they win, and they play the Chiefs, and they lose. Stop letting Joshi down.
6: Don't do that little fake punt thing again.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: enough with Tamar. Chris Cody, what— <laughs> Just a series of Buffalo objections. Uh, Chris, uh, give me the vote finally on what it is that all of the people that you texted say of a uh, 800-plus game hitting streak that involves a hitter going one for four in every single game. Is that hitter with an 800-plus game uh, hitting streak a Hall of Fame? Wait,
1: hold on. In Tony's defense, though, like how it was phrased is probably very important. So how did you phrase it to them? I phrased it to... same exact
5: question to every person a dh goes 1 for 4 for 5 straight seasons and then retires zero career extra base hits 250 career batting average 810 game hitting streak is this player a hall of famer question
6: That's- you didn't ask this to the people you texted but is this person walking away from an 810 yeah, game streak yeah walks away from
1: the game <laughs> wow yes. follow up with that and see if walks it away from the game anything. i think yeah. they got that cuz oh. it's an 810 retired, 810 but- is every game that they yeah, but okay,
5: retiring and walking away are two different things. I'm yeah. not going to walk up. away with digging. He hung up the cliff. I think they got the laid off. Of it. Yeah, I different think, things. I don't know if their answers are going to change. Let's go. One by one. First person, Jeff Passen responds, no. Oh. He wow. said, as impressive as an 810 game hitting streak is, a 500 OPS is awful. You can't reward someone for being consistently bad. Consistently bad? Wow. He's the opposite. He's consistently getting a hit. Mm-hmm. He's consistently
6: okay, is your point.
5: Next response, Adnan Virk. Your guy Taylor asked me this when you were at Super Bowl week. You could have left that out. Is that a yes or a no? And then I was like, and that's all he wrote. And I was like, so what's your answer? Afraid of being wrong. Adnan Virk. Yes. Oh. Nothing else but that. My guy. I don't have his reasons, but he voted yes. So we are one
1: and one. I think the reason would be the 810 game hit streak. That's true. That's the only reason. (laughs)
7: Re- yeah, that would be the well, only
1: well, argument. What else do we
6: have here? I'm I'm riveted. One and one, Dan.
5: All right, Mike Schur. Uh, one word response. No. And what does he know? And then he wrote, "It's not a." And then his next text. <laughs> More than one well, that that text was one word. And then he responded, <laughs> "Would be exciting every time he started a game. 0 for three, though."
4: Oh, that's Accurate. true. The
5: intrigue, Dan. The intrigue. <laughs> he would
7: change the game. is forever. up the bat.
0: What
5: is he going to do? He's going to get hit. They'd be
0: breaking into coverage. The ratings boom. <laughs> SEC
7: bad.
2: football. Oh,
7: my God.
0: You'd be so mad to hate at that this SC player. So hate so this
7: guy. Yeah. Oh,
2: I'm going to kill him.
5: All right, so we have Tim Kirkchin and Boog Shambi. Who, whose results should I read next?
2: It is too far. Is there any?
0: Re- threatened to kill Tony four times today. Every college football game for like five
1: years would get interrupted. Oh, he's the worst. My assumption get is out of the league. by you asking who you should read next, they both said no. Because if it was yes, then you'd read the yes, and then you. Do have
2: you want Boog or out. Tim Kirkchin? Well, he already no. told yeah. us it's not a tie, so we already know what the next. Well, Boog didn't to respond
5: this. to me. <laughs> Still? So give us Boog. I kind of gave away the goods. Tim Kirkchin. I, one word response no we lose three to one no follow-up no win no nothing the only yes voter adnan
6: and how credible is he
2: can you give me an update uh jeremy please on foreigners who are no longer in the hall of fame or not in the hall of fame and give me an update on uh factually what i was saying about mcdermott's winning percentage
0: well first on the winning percentage um sean mcdermott 73, and 41 since 2017 when he entered the league. The only teams that are better are the New Orleans Saints, Baltimore Ravens, and Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the Saints, Sean Payton, no longer their head coach. So if you're looking for winning percentages in the league amongst coaches, you got Andy Reid. John Harbaugh is the only one you missed. As for foreigners, Bobby Abreu.
2: Not in the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Foreigner? Not in the Hall of Fame? What the f***? Rafael Palmero. Not in the Hall of Fame. What the f? Yeah, Miguel Tejada. Not in the Hall of Fame. What the f? Louis Tian. Not in the Hall of Fame. What the f? Johan
2: Santana. What the f-? And Andrew Jones. <laughs> Chris Cody, what is your problem? You're a beer guy, and your father is a beer guy. You descend from a strong lineage of being beer people. What is your objection to wine people?
5: Well, I have an objection because I I take offense to what you actually just said. Because I, yes, I love a a cold one, a Miller Lite, like as much as the next one. But I am not one of these. I'm, I'm more going after the enthusiasts. There's beer enthusiasts. These people. They, I'm not. You're a beer I, guy, dude. I, you don't know but you're a beer guy. I know guy. I probably look like one, yeah, but I, I don't like IPAs. <laughs> like They fill me up. So like just I, accept you're a beer okay, guy. Okay, I mean, I'll, if I had to be... No, if I'm one of these, I'm a liquor guy. I like a good whiskey. Oh, yeah. So I would say beer, Jesus. liquor, oh and wine. Oh, there are people out here, and I want to dissect who's the worst of this group. Because I experienced wine people for the first time. Jesus. Wine people are the worst. They, they're, they're just Billy, boring. Billy,
2: Billy, why are you whispering Jesus on something that only you, Jessica, and Jeremy are laughing about? No, she said it out loud. No one got else. the joke. I didn't hear her. I hardly her. know her.
0: Liquor guy? Because oh. I said yeah. I'm a liquor guy. and Liquor, yeah. and she said, hell yeah. I
5: don't know. I've Back row Jess. i in a mood. <laughs> no, but I really want to dissect. <laughs> like Saban and Bellatrix would be if they did a, a little game silly together. Billy.
2: Yeah, we mentioned.
5: I literally Billy. want everyone here because like, you have to have an opinion on this. Who's the worst of this crew? And let me let me make my pitch for why wine people are. It's just boring. Man, like I was at a wine thing at South Beach Food and Wine and this guy Dan Costa spit and fire. Looked like a good hang. He hated it because I, I don't know that. He didn't say it. Just a boring just what's the topography of this? winer and it was just like the most but the topography question.
4: is really important because where the grapes grow, if there's an altitude that's a little bit higher, there's something that's a little bit lower, they get grown in the valley, like it's a different taste. It's I told, to different. I've told different. you
2: guys this story before. The one class I took in college with the hopes of actually just having it be easy and learning so that I could order the correct wine with a fish and not be an idiot. Was, White wine. Was a wine tasting class and I walk in and the first class the instructor read into the jacket of his coat and pulls out a a grape, a, a cluster of grapes and says, by the end of this semester, you'll be able to tell me based on looking on this, what kind of soil this uh, this was, uh, you know, please tell, me, you volcanic dropped please tell me you right? dropped the I, class. I, I struggled. I did not drop. I, I got like a C plus or something and had to fight my way through the class because it was super hard and never got good at ordering wine either. I, well, I, like you're
1: focused on dirt. It seems like in this class, how does that help important. you? The dirt's fish? very important. It's what grows the grapes. And so much
5: like overlapping. There was one time the guy's like it was a Pinot Noir tasting. He's just like, you know, you never met a Pinot Noir. And you say to yourself after needs more oak. And I'm telling you, that crushed. And I'm sitting to my wife, I'm just like, wine humor. Like, wine humor over here. Like, I was just like, I'm telling you, and they were, the whole room was like, ah! <laughs> Sounds no, like no, a real Weinzenheimer. Oh my
6: god, where, you know, like, where
5: was this? That's all, That at South Beach Food and Wine. That's all I learned is that oak. Is with Pinot Noir. Man, that's the one thing I took away. A lot of
4: oak. Asian oak barrels, you know, it's very important. So it's a it's a it's a top flavor for a nice Pinot Noir.
5: Maybe a little leather, maybe a nice little cherry, maybe a nice dark fruit. I think I think the debate is between wine people and beer people. I don't have a problem with Are there beer?
6: Oh, you mean like craft beer? Enthusiasts,
5: just people that go and taste Uh, different things and they gotta get all the stuff and it's just they like the really dark beers. I don't see Billy says I'm a beer guy. I hate dark beers.
2: I believe wow. that uh, this conversation, like a lot of the ones we have around here, where we're the ones mocking and ignorant, the people who know about these things would object to the amount of mocking ignorance that is in this room because they're aficionados with expertise about how wonderful it is to know the differences between many different wines because the best of the best wine, is an ex- it's an exceptional experience, and if you know about these things, you would object to everything we're saying here and how dumb we sound and probably uncultured.
6: I think Chris is referring to the type of person who is like either a wine snob or like a beer hipster, like the person that wants you to know how expert they are. And I would argue that like almost any topic, that person's the worst. It doesn't matter if it's beverages, sports, movies, whatever. No one likes that guy.
5: My brother-in-law is like this with whiskey. Every every place we travel, I got to go to a liquor store and get a local whiskey. It's like, dude,
2: it's it, not the knowledge. It burns your
1: throat. It's that it becomes their identity, I think, yeah. is really the,
2: the thing here. Yeah. I think also we all think of this person as looking like Paul Giamatti from sideways and condescending us at every turn because they know more about wine than we do.
5: And I'm sitting there looking around like, can I drink all this wine? No one else is drinking all of it. There's one guy who got me, this guy ahead of me, like one row ahead of me. He was crushing every wine, but everyone else was just like sipping there. At the end of this hour long thing, everyone looked like they still had wine in their glass. And I'm like, what are we doing here, folks? I only drank two of them because I didn't want to be, ju- I didn't want like, the way I was judging this guy who crushed all of them. I was like to my wife, I'm like, I'm only drinking these two because I don't want people to be looking at me like this guy's crushing way too much wine.
6: Wine tastings are the best though, because you just end up getting hammered. Yep.
2: It was at noon That's too. It. That's how, how is it that, uh, thank you, Jessica. I appreciate that. That, that was your <laughs> They're take. like,
6: Here's a three ounce pour. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll have six of these. Yeah.
2: I uh I do want that to become your signature Arnold Schwarzenegger phrase where you hit somebody with somebody something and then you just say that's it that's my take just Bam. hit somebody with a sentence and then knock them over with it and that's it that's that's my take
6: <laughs> that's my voice uh,
2: do that <laughs> you uh Chris Cody uh you at a uh, wine tasting and a fancy gala of gourmet people being It's a
5: hotel hall I mean it's <laughs>
2: So where did you end up, though, as you tried to taste liberally from uh, the great excesses that are gourmet Miami? Because uh, there were a lot of good places where there were a lot of good parties, and you uh, you braved all of the traffic and all of the inconvenience to get to one of these crowded spaces. How did you fit in? Because they are a lot of culinary experts. It's not a lot of people just looking for a party.
5: I fit in all right. I, I I think there's there's different kinds of people at these things. There's the people that go to the, every year and that they're the people that I was just complaining about. And then there's the people that are there like me. Like oh, it's a it's a one-time exciting thing. So I we mingled with some people, but it's I, it's definitely a vibe over my pay grade for
2: sure. Uh, before we get out of here, can you guys just give me? I heard you talking earlier about Fidel Castro, and I don't know what the story was. Why it is that? Why the so f- did with we a, do that? All right, this is so, a wild story. Oh, this is
0: all right. So I I gotta pull up the tweet. Yeah, all right. So there was a uh man. This is with a minute left. There was there was a a a. a parody article. He invented the Eurostep. Yeah, that's the parody. So there's a parody (laughs) article from Medium uh, where someone, there's photos of Fidel Castro playing basketball. And so uh, it says that through a journal entry by Che Guevara in December of 1962, the quote was, in his frequent basketball matches, Fidel has started using a new move. He simply calls it the step. It is undeniably effective, yet is, his, is its goodness equally undeniable? As revolutionaries, we must not merely pay attention to ends, but to means. I worry that this flash and pomp is not befitting of the revolutionary leader. It serves to separate him too much from those caught in the chains of a maudlin life, marred by oppression and economic strife. Yes, There's it leads a to a basket. But at what cost to the communal spirit? And the thing that I loved about it was that everyone said the Eurostep should be called the Cuban Shuffle.
2: That is not Fidel Castro. That's DJ Khaled. And I want you guys to put on the poll, please, at Lebitard Show. Did Fidel Castro invent the Eurostep? That's
8: it. That's the take. <laughs> 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 that's a good limited fake Paul McCartney. <laughs>